It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Late Lunch, our final Late Lunch of the week. I don't ever remember saying that before. I've never said it before on a Wednesday afternoon. But thanks to the government with the double bank holiday, we're off tomorrow and Friday and looking forward to it. Our final show today on the eve of St. Patrick's Day has a a festive feel about it too linked to our national holiday and I'm going uh, straight to it uh, at the start of the show today because there's a book out and it's just been released and it's very timely it's called The Green and White House and it's by journalist Lynn Kelleher and it's a fascinating read you see I had it in my head to be honest with you until I got this book that it all began with JFK but not so Lynn Kelleher welcome to the show Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Not at all. That you know the way we all have that impression that when Kennedy was elected, aha, we'd arrived. But you reveal it goes way, way back. Yeah, right back to their their seventh president, and then it will be the first Irish American president was Andrew Jackson back in the early eighteen hundreds, and his parents would have come across from Antrim. So he two two Irish parents, and he was born within uh, two or three years of them arriving. His, his other two brothers actually were born in, in Ireland and he became the first um, president. And but, but actually, by the time he was 14, he was orphaned. The, his father died shortly after he was born and his two brothers died in the American Revolution and his mother died as well. So he, he, he had no Irish family by the time he came to the White House to see him ascend to the, to the top of the political field. So it all began with him and there have been uh, many others since who've uh, occupied the White House, as you say. And uh, even today, of course, we have the link with Joe Biden and Michal Martin involved in meetings. He'll present the shamrock to him as well, as is the tradition. Do we get a bit carried away with this, uh, Lynn, or is it real? A little island nation on the periphery of Europe with six million people. We all believe we have an in there. Is it a fact or is there a sort of a, an awe or a myth around that? Oh, no, absolutely it's a fact. I mean, the access is extraordinary. I got some documents from the Department of State and we've had 54 vis- visits by our foreign leaders since the 50s. And like places like Barbados might have six, Belgium has 23, even Brazil has 34. I mean, it's extraordinary to have a standing invitation, which has happened for the last 
say 20 years or so where it's gone year after year and now it's 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 every Patrick's Day and it's not just you know um a half an hour meeting it's it's the vice president's lunch it's another lunch on Capitol Hill so to have that access for the Taoiseach every Taoiseach of the day to every US president is extraordinary and it's the envy of you know all the other countries in Europe especially for our size and our economic um, status and our military status I mean we would never hold that sway in mm. the White House if it hadn't been for all these ancestral links and does business really get done or is it just, you know, cementing ties and relationships? Yes, it, it does. I, I spoke to Bertie Ahern and he's definitely of the opinion, you know, it's all connection, really. It's called soft power. But, you know, the, the peace process is an obvious one. I mean, the, there was there was huge access. Clinton literally opened the doors of the White House, not only to the Taoiseach, but all the leaders um, but Bertie Ahern would also say that our famous corporation tax rate, you know, that was brought up in White House meetings with President Bush. And that was, you know, a very softly, softly approach. But they got it through with the he reckons they never would have got it through if they hadn't got it past the Americans. And even going back, you know, into the to the 40s after the Second World War, I mean, Ireland got money from the Marshall Plan which we weren't involved in the war, we were a neutral country. So we really shouldn't have got any funds from that. And, and we did. And that was kind of thanks to lobbying from our Irish American politicians. So over the years, and you know, the, the, then there's the trade. And even with these ancestral visits as well, it, it's worth huge amounts of money um, in terms of tourism and Irish Americans coming back here. And, you know, those pictures of the Irish beauty spots, you know, the Cooley Peninsula. Mm. For instance, with Biden, even when he was vice president, but he'll come back as president and I'm sure he'll be up there again. And, you know, that so that brings a whole um, numbers of, of Irish Americans who are big spending tourists to, to Ireland. So there's, there's all sorts of levels to it, but it definitely, you know, connection and access is, is what we have because of our links. Yes, you mentioned Cooley and of course the famous phone call or message from uh, President Biden to Rob Carney when Ireland beat the All Blacks. It just shows you, doesn't it, that there is that direct link and association. Yeah, I spoke to Rob Carney and he was um, you know, he, he was. It, it's amazing the whole thing with him because when President or Vice President Biden at that stage in 2006 came back, that was around the time when they found out that they were related to him because uh, the Irish genealogists on this side, Fiona Fitzsimons and some other people did some work and they found out these Carnies and Finnegans in the Cooley Peninsula. So he found out about it and then he was invited to family house before um, Vice President Biden went back. And then they himself and his brother were invited to the White House. Um, a few weeks later, and as it happened, President Biden, Vice President Biden at that stage, was down in New Zealand, and he had met the All Blacks down in New Zealand, and he was telling them that his cousins were playing for the Irish mm. rugby team, and they were brothers, and they immediately said, oh, the Carney brothers, <sighs> and he was delighted. But he had actually, um, in, in that speech, he mentioned that as a young senator, he had come to Ireland and followed the All Blacks on tour around so I'm not sure if that was the famous Munster victory yes. or, or when, but he was, he was a young senator. And he rang after that Chicago victory. Uh, Rob Kearney, when I spoke to him, told me that he had got this phone call. And of course, his phone would have been hopping after that. You know, it was absolutely going ballistic. So he got a phone call from a private number and he didn't answer it <laughs> because he didn't know who it was. And um, then he got a text from Joe Biden's brother, Jim, 
to say, you know, this is the vice president, he's calling you, would you, you know, pick up the next time? So he did have the conversation. And then he was responsible for organising this this other one, more recent, uh, the video call. That was him, you know, that was yeah. uh, orchestrated by him. So I'm sure he'll be heavily involved with the, you know, and when um, when Joe Biden came back in 2017, he went back up to the Cooley Peninsula to Lily Finnegan's and in and met all the relatives again, uh, so, you know, he drove his own hire car that day. And then when he went down to Dublin after that, he met up with Rob Carney for dinner and he said they walked down the street from the Shelburne. Not sure what restaurant they went to, but, you know, had a big conversation. And he was bowled over by his knowledge of all sorts of things, you know, politics yeah. and cancer and, you know, they had a huge wide ranging discussion. So they definitely seem to have forged a bond it's a great story it really is and with local links of course for ourselves here God there's a warning in that as well I, I'm inclined to in- ignore private numbers myself but perhaps you never know who's on the other end of that line but look at you've you've you know covered both sides of this uh, you know 23 presidents in the States uh, you come this way as well with the visits that they've made to Ireland in, t- in turn the most famous one of course JFK back in the 60s shortly before he was assassinated but there have been visits since. I think of, you know, presidents, and I, I say this to you, there are some presidents probably Ireland doesn't mean much to. And I know he is a golf course here, but would you put Trump in that category? Well, he doesn't have the... Now, I'm not sure if anyone dove very deep, but he doesn't appear to have... He's the Scottish links. Yes, he has, um, yeah. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, he, go on. No, I'm just saying he, he still kept up, you know, and he would have been the one president you might have thought that might have scrapped the Patrick's Day yes. meeting. Um, and, and interestingly, he kept it up during the presidency. All, all four St. Patrick's Day were honoured and, you know, he kept up to date with the Taoiseachs. Mm, but still, you know, you, you'd have to say there are some of them aren't as close as others. And you're right, of course, Trump has that Scottish heritage, which is, which is close to him. But when they, when presidents do come to Ireland and, you know, when Obama arrived, can we do it? Yes, we can. And he was a fleeting type of visit. But we remember College Green and all that went with that. And then going down to visit his relatives and having the pint of Guinness. It's some operation to, to host a president here, US president, even for a short space of time. Oh, it's some operation. And, and there's where all the entertaining stories in the book come from as well. You know, and I'm sure you, you were aware of it up in the Cooley Peninsula as well. You know, they, they come weeks in advance, the Secret Service. And, you know, they landed up, say, to to uh, Father Conlon there. Um, had 12, I think he said there was 12 Mercedes arrived up to the GA pitch. So it's mad stuff. And then they're, you know, they're in ditches and they're sealing down manhole covers and they're inspecting houses and... Um, you know, there's there's a, a story about when President Reagan came, there was really high security uh, for his visit because he had, of course, had a, an assassination attempt at the start of his presidency. So when he was in Ashford Castle, there was, uh, I think there was about 1,400 Secret Service and detectives calling. And they were all on the islands of these, look, yeah, the, the lake in front of the castle. And he was doing a press conference in front of the castle and there was a bit of flapping over by the river and these two Navy divers went in to investigate and they'd install these what they called anti-personnel nets to catch would-be terrorists, I suppose, uh, coming up the river. But uh, instead they caught a salmon. So by the time, <laughs> which was flapping. So by the time they, you know, they finished the visit, apparently there's a bumper catches salmon in this river next to Ashford Castle. Um, but there's all sorts, and I think, 
they're not used to um it's deep in rural ireland you know it's, it's rural ireland it's these villages that they go to like when president nixon came to a village called hospital that's the name of it in in limerick and he was that was in the midst of the vietnam war he was coming to stay in a, in a horse stud belonging to a friend an irish friend of his who was a big republican donor that's john a mulcahy and he came into the village of hospital and all the villagers were there. I think every one of the 600 inhabitants were there with their stars and stripes. And he was delighted to get this reception. So he stopped and got out of the car. And in the midst of it all, there was a bit of a surge and he was chairlifted up on top of the car with the Secret Service man's loaded revolver. I think it was an Uzi submachine gun, I was told afterwards, dropped at the ground and was picked up. There's a few stories. It was picked up by the crowd. And, you know, one person eyewitness said it was passed to a guard straight away. And then another eyewitness said it was passed from, you know, two or three people going, look what I have, you know, because an Irish crowd wouldn't be used to having mm. a gun. And it was a very red-faced secret serviceman <laughs> afterwards who got it retrieved. <laughs> the stories are fantastic. They really are. And, and to be enjoyed. You must be delighted as well with, with the way the book has been received by key people. Like you mentioned, Bertie, you're hearing there the former... Taoiseach, Brian O'Donovan, who's just returned uh, to Ireland. He's been over there as Washington correspondent for a number of years. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Eamon Dunphy, Marty Morrissey, of course, who has the US links and so on and so on. That must be great to receive those glowing reviews and praise for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was delighted. You know, it, it was um, it's a really wide ranging subject. And I was just trying to bring uh, the human side to it because it's a very unique kind of relationship. I mean, you don't see um, an aide cousin arriving up to Buckingham Palace, you know, to meet a US president. It, it's, it seems to be uniquely Irish. And the president, uh, it, it's, it's more genuine than I thought, the, the relationship. You know, there's, they, there just seem to be a real warmth and affection there. So I think um, it, it's, it's a great relationship for both countries. And yeah, and, it did, and it's kind of spanned... You know, it was interesting looking back at the 1800s and the 1900s as well and, and all the, the arrival of the immigrants and then looking at the diplomatic papers from, you know, around the time of Reagan and Thatcher and the hunger strikes is fascinating and all the influence of people like Tip O'Neill and Senator Ted Kennedy and, and this huge Irish political machine. And, you know, what Bertie Hearn said to me as well in, in, in the book was, uh, you know, the St. Patrick's Day parade is, is all very fun and light and twirling batons, but he said it's a show of power. So it's just interesting how, a, a you know, these millions of immigrants who came from, most of them came from famine and tragedy, and, and then they, they rose up through the ranks and, and just created a huge political machine and, mm. and made their presence really known in America, you know, to the across the political spectrum. So it's, just, it's a very interesting, so, and it's very glamorous, course US politics you know compared to ours they're they're interesting to look at it certainly is in a word I just have to finish now with you is our influence and will it wane over the years ahead I get the impression there's not the big Irish American influence in politics as you look ahead 10 20 years or am I wrong yeah, that's that's an interesting one, and uh, well, of course we've Nancy Pelosi and 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 Richie Neal there at the moment in the Ways and Means Committee. So this and and Biden, but they're all they are older, as you say. There, there's one other. Yeah, I was thinking about this because there has been an explosion, you know, because of who do you think you are and ancestry dot com, and I've mm. noticed a lot of people getting presents of you know looking up their roots and you can put your DNA in, and everybody in America has an immigrant background. I mean, it must be great fun. 
because if we go back, we'll just find Irish, Irish, Irish. But if you're if you're American, you know, you could come up with anything. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see if that kind of the genealogy explosion. Yes. Well, I mean, there's 32 million people who identify as Irish at the moment. So I agree there is. It's definitely an age. It seems to be an aging thing with the Irish. It's very uh, sentimental Irish Americanism. But it'll be interesting to see if there's a whole new generation who, who find out their roots. Yeah. Well, Cheltenham is on today and I'm putting my money in one thing. If they don't find us, we'll bloody well find them. You know us for sure. I don't have to remind you of that, Lynn. Anyway, well done to you on this book. It's a great book and I recommend it highly. The Green and Thanks White so House. It's fantastic. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Lynn Kelleher there. The Green and White House. David was on to us earlier bemoaning that he couldn't get some nice fresh shamrock. Imagine that in Ireland. Well, McAvoy's Garden Centre in Toher have beautiful shamrock, we're told. So there's one place anyway. If you know where David can pick up shamrock in the northeast, do let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Well, the wearing of the shamrock, well, there'll be lots of it tomorrow, won't there, all over the country. But in New York City, on Fifth Avenue tomorrow, it'll be worn with pride. The parade is back and it's uh, planned to be the biggest and best in years. And we're going to New York City now to join two of my friends, I can call them. They've been with me a number of times here in the studio. Haven't been in touch with them for a while, but I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Tommy and Trassa Smith. Hello, folks. Hello, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. I'm delighted to have you on the show with me on the eve of St. Patrick's Day. And of course, I'm with royalty in the company of a former Grand Marshal, Tommy. Do you remember it well? I sure do. Uh, 2008. It seems like a long time ago, Jerry. There's a lot of things happened since that day. But I think the one thing that stands out on my mind was I was here in the house and because... uh, the Grand Marshal's job was on a Monday that time because St. Patrick's Day fell on a Monday. I had to kind of get shortchanged because I had to attend 22 events over the weekend. Mm. And I remember getting up and I was shaving uh, in the bathroom and I said to Trassa, did you see my glasses? And she said, yeah, you're wearing them. <laughs> so that's how excited I was. <laughs> and Trassa, what did you do? Did you walk uh, beside him hand in hand at the, at the head of the parade? Oh, no. That year was my first year because Tommy was the Grand Marshal. They had asked me to commentate in his place. Oh, yes. I I am commentating in the boot. I'm delighted. (laughs) We let her in. Can't get her out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and of course, Tommy, you have called the parade for years and years. But wasn't that lovely, Trasset, that you did that? And there was Tommy with the great honour of leading it. Folks, tell us about tomorrow, because I don't have to remind you, the last couple of years have been really tough on everybody. Uh, A real desire to deliver a great parade, Tommy? Yeah, well, you know, the the parade tomorrow will be the 261st parade on the streets of New York, which means it was here 14 years before the United States was the United States. Now, people will say, but you didn't have a parade last year or the year before. But we did. 
We actually got permission from the governor and from the mayor. We had a parade at six o'clock in the morning. We had the fight in 69th, led us up Fifth Avenue. They closed off Fifth Avenue for us and we marched. There was about 50, marched the length of the parade just so as we could keep that consecutive streak going. Mm. It got, got us to 261 years. And we have a great grand marshal. You spoke to him during the week, Tracy. Tell us about him. I, I did. Uh, James Callahan. James Callahan. he is the... Uh, president of the Operating Engineers, he's actually over um, 400,000 union members. He's an absolutely wonderful Grand Marshal, and he traces his roots to Limerick and Kerry. Fantastic gentleman, a very humble gentleman, and talks to everybody. Tommy, you know when you talk about how much sway Ireland has in America and Lynn Kelleher was with me at the top of the show today. She's written a wonderful book called The Green and White House, all about the links between Ireland and the presidents over the years in the White House. And I suggested to her at the end, and maybe you're on the ground there with your finger on the pulse, is the Irish influence waning? Are you worried about that in the years ahead? Oh, not at all. Not at all, Jerry. It's, it's, it's actually growing. And like when we use the word Irish influence, we're talking about Irish Americans. I mean, there's a guy, Callahan. His, his father came out here, or his gra- grandfather came out here, and he couldn't get a job. He ended up getting a crane driver's job. That was the first job he got. And here you have him now as the head of a union that has 400,000 members. I mean, close to half a million. Mm. So, you know, the Irish American influence is not waning the irish that have been here and their children now are all top five we were at a gala last night jerry and uh, it was put on by the st patrick's day foundation and it was at mostly wall street we were invited to give you an example the tables of 10 were a million bucks that's what it cost you to get a place at the table so you think the irish influence is waning you couldn't get into the place there were about 700 people at it. It's an incredible sight to see that much money in one room and me with my hand in my pocket and nothing in it on your own. I don't believe that for a minute, but I, I like what you say. You put it really well indeed. But that is great to hear. It really is. In terms of the White House with Biden there at the minute, we know the connections as well. Is there a younger generation coming forward in the political sphere as well that we may see another uh, man or woman in the White House with that Irish in them? Yeah, I would imagine there is. I mean, uh, our kids are not real political. But you have like, uh, you know, I remember when I came here first and uh, I was in, in a park in the Bronx and I met an old Kerry guy and he said to me, the first thing you do, Tommy, now is go down there, he said, and join either the Republican club or join the Democratic club. He said, it'll mean you'll have a say in politics for the rest of your life here. And I suppose I wished I had, but who knows? But they have young Democrats and they have young Republicans. And these guys, I mean, when an election goes on, Jerry, this place is chocker block with young kids going around, tapping doors, ringing doorbells, making phone calls, trying to get you to vote for their candidate. Mm. And that is really heartening to hear. Trasa, uh, in terms of the last couple of years, I'll, I'll talk to you about this. Uh, it's been tough, and that goes without saying. And we saw the images coming through March 2020 from New York as the, the, the trucks uh, piled up with bodies in them and the COVID ran riot through the population there. How did you yourself and Tommy get on uh, through that difficult time? 
Well, we, we, we got on. I actually um, I retired as a Noreen. I'm a registered professional nurse here in the States. I have worked as a nurse for 30 years. And uh, it, it got bad. March, I was geared for the parade. And then after that, uh, nearly three years ago, I decided, oh, my goodness, I better. As a nurse, I felt uh, obligated, really. And I said, I, need to, I wanted to do something to help the situation. So I uh, studied uh, with, the, with the CDC, learned all about COVID and went um, and took a job as an administrator for Warner Media and taught all the nurses about COVID and taught them all the donning and doffing and worked on a testing site for nearly a year and a half. Well done to you. And that just shows you the human spirit of wanting to get in there and do your bit and play your part. And by God, have you. Are you still bringing us the radio show? I am. It's on still every Ireland Calls. Uh, is on every Saturday night, six o'clock, and I'm still interviewing people from all over the world. Anything that you would like to share with me, Irish, uh, anything about Ireland, whatever, just reach out to me, Ireland Calls at yahoo.com, 6 p.m. It's aired on wvox.com, and I have a website, irelandcallsradioshow.com. Good on you, Tommy Sportswise. It kept us going even without audience uh, is back here. You know, the football went on and there was no one at the games, but at least you could watch it from, from the lockdown uh, situation. What about yourself and what you've been up to for the last couple of years? Well, you know, Jerry, I never thought that I'd <laughs> see the brides on television in America. <laughs> and that, that's actually what happened. I mean, I could watch the brides. I watched the Camogie team win a championship. I watched the brides win a championship. And like I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a deep follower of the GAA, so I loved all the games being on television. And for a few dollars, you can watch anywhere. Mm. I myself, I have been on the air every day because I do a show with Sirius Radio, which is a satellite radio. And it doesn't just broadcast in the New York area. Most, telev- most radio stations in America only broadcast in the city they're in. We have a, a radio show that goes out to the 50 states. I do a fellow called Rodney Marsh, mm. who was a great QPR and Man City uh, player. He's in, in Florida. I'm here in New York. The producer is in Washington, D.C. I go downstairs every morning, I put a headset on, and I do what I do best, talk. Three hours. We do three hours. uh, Isn't that uh, just great? Go on. we get a lot of abuse. We give a lot of abuse as well. You know, we're, we're, we're there to be taken and we don't take it too seriously. You know, uh, I told you before, you can remind him again. I saw Marsh playing. What a player he was for Cork Bernians, I think it was. Many moons ago, they played Drahd and Marsh was playing for them and I happened to be at the game. Gary, do you want to, he tells the story about playing with Cork Bernians, right? I'll just take a minute for you. And he was coming across and he was told he was going to get £500 for the game. But somebody told him, because he was dealing with this guy, Duggan, from whatever it was. And somebody told him, be careful, make sure you get paid before the game. So Rodney went into the dressing room, got stripped out, and Duggan came in. And Rodney said to him, uh, Mr. Duggan, what about the money? And Duggan said, oh, yeah, Rodney, no problem, no problem. I'll be right back. So there's about 10 minutes to go before the game. Duggan comes back in. He has a brown paper bag. And he has 500 single pound notes in the bag. And he said to Rodney, there's your money. And Rodney said, what am I going to do with it? I'm going out to play. So Duggan had the last laugh. He still had the money when the game was on. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. What a great story that is. Are you still associated, Tommy, with Philadelphia Union, the football club there? 
Yeah, I do a bit for them. I'm not doing as much, uh, Jerry. The traveling was too much. Mm. Uh, going to Philadelphia on a, on a weekend here, anybody who knows the, the geography of the country realizes you have to go by the Jersey Shore. And the Jersey Shore is packed, packed on the weekends. I mean, there were nights it was taking me, to give you an example, sometimes I could get there in an hour and a half. Sometimes I didn't get there for five hours. So I just, you know, yeah. it was time to give it a chuck. And back to the parade and the big day tomorrow again, of course, a lot going on around it. As you mentioned yourselves, you're at that prestigious dinner last night. Many over, do you get the feeling that there's many travelled for the parade there, Trassa? Definitely. Lots of people are over, lots of events going on, like last night's event and for the past uh, four or five nights there's been a lot of events going on in New York City we can see them all all the tourists I mean you know the tourists because they're looking up as they're walking down the street uh, our day starts tomorrow with St. Patrick's uh, in Cathedral in the Mass the Mass is on at 8.30 and we see the Mayor the Fighting 69 will lead in and then we will go from that Mass up to our booth on 64th Street and 5th Avenue and commentate from 11am to 3pm and that's available to everyone all over the world and don't forget Ireland if you're tuning in to WNBC com for the parade where our time changed last week four hours difference now and i would like to say jerry i know we're running out of time here thank you for having us on today and i'd like to say happy st patrick's day to the scanlons the smiths the kellys everybody in that bridge and everybody in cock and home if they're tuning in thank you for having us no at all go on tommy and you know, a lot of people say the fight in '69. What are they? They are they are a, a, a battalion of the army here that was founded by uh, John Francis Mao. He was the man who put this together. And about 161 years ago, there was a, a political group here called the No Nuttics, and they would attack the parade every so often when they got a chance because they didn't want the parade on the streets of New York. So the fight in '69 said, "We'll march as the protectors." of this parade and they've done so for 161 years and they have never been late but the rumour is that one day going to just start the drummer dropped one of his sticks and he had a bend down and he couldn't get it picked up and he was 10 seconds doing it and that was the only time there were 10 seconds late (laughs) (laughs) What a man of stories you are, I could talk to you all day to be honest, anyway I was there once I had the pleasure of being there for the parade on the coldest 17th of March I ever remember, what's it like uh, weather wise for tomorrow? It's going to be wet. There's the 80% chance of rain. So we're pre- praying to St. Bridget and St. Patrick that it won't be so wet. But it's rain. Yeah, but it's good. The temperature is going to be like 66 degrees. I mean, today is a beautiful day. It's almost like one of those brilliant spring days you get. And there has been, I mean, it's just it's just bad luck if it does rain because mm. we've had a great stroke of, of good weather. And I just uh, want to echo Trass's good wishes to everybody in Ireland. And, you know, my condolences to Jerry Callan and his family. Ah, yes. Uh, nice to mention that indeed, Tommy. Anyway, it's been too long. It won't be as long again. We have the technology now. We can tip into you any time there. I always love talking to both of you. I wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day and good for the rest of the year and for the future. You're great. You really are great to take the time to join us. Lovely to have you with us again on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. God bless you both. God bless you too, Jerry. And uh, I'm glad that extension cord got long enough that we could get it from our place to your place. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the times have changed. See you soon, Tommy. Bye, Trassi. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wonderful, wonderful people joining us from New York. And the uh, 
tomorrow. It'll be fantastic on Fifth Avenue. It really will. Up next on the show, I don't know whether you heard, but one of the greatest showmen of all time, Tom Duffy from the Circus family, passed away at 92. We're talking about him next. We spoke to David Duffy quite recently on the show and I inquired about his dad's health, Tom, and he told us he was doing fine in the circumstances. Well, I'm sad to tell you that uh, the great man, Tom Duffy, passed away in recent hours and he was a fantastic showman and uh, we've spoken about him on the show before and you do know I love circuits as well reared on the North Road in Drogheda beside the GAA grounds where circus came year on year and we always loved when Fawcett Circus and Duffy's arrived. We were out as children, we helped and we got our passes into the show that evening and maybe even a few bob uh, as well. And I'm delighted to say, to pay tribute to Tom Duffy, is the Queen of Irish Circus, Marion Fawcett. Hello, Marion. Hello, how are you? Lovely to talk to you. And you too. Well, what do you say about Tom? Well, it's very sad, of course, to hear the news. Of course, we called we called him Uncle Tommy all our life because uh, Tommy and my late father, Teddy Fawcett, were great friends. And I have wonderful memories of the pair of them getting together, two old showmen together, and talking about when they were young and on the road in Ireland. And what always amused me is they both knew exactly what they were talking about. They'd say, do you remember that October Teddy down in, you know, <laughs> in Kerry? And then Uncle Tommy would go, oh, do you remember? And they would chat for hours about when they were young and travelling on the show. And don't forget, it was the extremely hard for them back in the day they were horse drawn and you know starting out lorries and everything but in fairness all the Duffies were great friends of my father's and my mother is actually terribly saddened by the news Mammy's 91 and she would have known Tommy since she came to Ireland in 1952 and met my dad so it's a loss of and a great showman of course and I feel my heart goes out to David and the family because I know what it's like to lose your father especially when they're so charismatic they're such a huge part of your life and in circus of course you tour together as a family and you perform as a family and when the matriarch dies it is an awful blow and very difficult for everybody involved and he was a great man and he will be sadly missed by everybody in our industry. Oh, lovely words, Marion, indeed, in tribute. And of course, their roots are here with us in the northeast in Bohemian, and there's great sadness uh, across oh, the region yeah. today with the news of Tom's passing. But isn't that interesting in, in, in the relationship that existed between the two circuses? Because you travelled the country, uh, north, south, east, and west. Did you Absolutely. work? Did you work together? You know, as uh, so that you wouldn't, you know, uh, follow one another closely yeah, or cross over. Uh, uh, when I say back in the day, if we can tell you what I say back in the day, they would go one way, we'd go the other. <laughs> there were only for a while, the two of us, you know. Yes. So that's the way it would work. We, we would sort of, you know, go one way and then one would go the other so that we were at the different parts of the country at different times of, of the year. And then, of course, off-season, um, my dad and my mom would meet up with Uncle Tommy and Auntie Gertie and there would be like showman's dances and things like that and everybody would get together. So, you know, it was always lovely to meet and of course weddings they were at weddings and you know we made at funerals and so right through all our lives you know the Duffies and the Fawcett's have been you know together and yeah. as I said particularly as I said my dad and Uncle Tommy and Albert Duffy and they, Freddie they were all great pals you mm. know I think it's because our lives 
there are not many other people who work in a circus, you know. Yeah. So I think you become like a family in our industry because we all do the same thing. Yes. And over the years, they're meeting up together. There was like a bond, I always thought, mm. among the old show people, even, even, even so, and now with our own and the younger generation also. But I think back then, because they were unique, I think that there was a, a huge bond between them all. Mm. And in fairness, I always thought Uncle Tommy was great. <laughs> and, and I can tell that Auntie Gertie was a singer, and of course I became a singer, so there was that link yes. as well. You know, yeah, closeness all the way. Yeah. I, I can still get the feeling as a child and a, a young boy when the advance party arrived with the posters and put them in the shops and yeah. and spread them on the billboards around, and then we knew when you were coming, and we were up yeah. at Cockcrow as children <laughs> to greet you. And you know, you know. said something there. It was bloody hard work. Yeah, and I bet you, I bet you, my father would have roped to it to pick it up papers. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But your father was very kind. He was very he kind was, to us. He always gave you a free, a free ticket. Yes. Yeah, but unfortunately, he had to, he had to stop that too. With he has the safety that you weren't allowed to have the local kids pick it up the papers. And in fairness, he was terribly saddened by that because he enjoyed every year because it would be probably yourself as well. The same children would yes. come every year yes. for their little job, you know, ah. helping out. It was, you know, a huge... Uh, but don't forget, back in the day, it was a huge affair when the circus came to town, mm. you know, because mm. you didn't have all, all your internets and all your no. bathing and all that. No, 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 no. Lo- I'll tell you, they were great times and wonderful entertainment and Absolutely. simple and, and we just loved ah, Great and memories. sad day to have lost Uncle It is, Tommy. it is. Marion, you... Hoping, I'm hoping that himself and my dad are up there together now having yes. a good old latter about... <laughs> the days on the road with the ah please god they are indeed thank you Marion lovely tribute I appreciate it thank you so much for joining me on the show today take care now the wonderful Marion Fawcett there wonderful lady herself ringmaster what a woman she is uh, part of a dynasty too we remember the great Tom Duffy today and I want to play this one for Tom in his memory I guess it's funnier from where you're standing From over here I miss the joke Clear the way for my crash landing I've done it again Another number for your notes I'd be smiling if I wasn't so desperate Patient if I had the time I could stop and answer all of your questions As soon as I find out How I can move from the back of the line I'll be your clown Behind the glass Go ahead and laugh Cause it's fun Your favorite channel. My life's a circus, circus, round in circles, setting out tonight. Emily Sanday and Clown, in memory of the greatest showman, Tom Duffy, who's passed away. May he rest in peace and condolences 
the Duffy family and the loss of a wonderful, wonderful man. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Tomorrow we finish up today and we have two days off. But it's busy, busy here on LMFM Radio. And I want to encourage you to listen in tomorrow around midday to a wonderful documentary. It's called Imaginers and it's produced by the brilliant Dr. Sabina Brennan, neuroscientist, psychologist, podcaster, author. Is there no end to the woman's talent? Good afternoon, Sabina. How are you, Jerry? How are you keeping? I'm keeping really well. And welcome, welcome to this neck of the woods. You're living not far from us now. Tell us the story. Oh, I know. It's so exciting. I love it here. And I just want to actually shout out to everybody here. I've moved to Cavan and um, I just the welcome. I have to say people have just been so incredibly welcoming. Uh, I love it here. It's the most beautiful part of the world. Um, yeah, fabulous. <laughs> it is, it is, and I know you're near Knox Lock in there. It's a beautiful part of the world. I fish. I'm looking. It. Are you looking out? You? Yeah, I fish in for pike a number of times, and many of the lakes around Shercock there. So you'll have to right, take any, up the fishing. Any anyone listening here now? Just get on with whatever you're doing, Jerry. You have to come and visit me in my house. I actually live right on the lake. Good on you. So you have to come and come down my garden and go fishing for pike. <laughs> That's I'm looking date. out at it this minute. It's it's just incredible. Incredible. I spent my whole life in Clontarf in Dublin, like literally in the one area, and so it was a big decision. But it's been a no brainer. We just moved in in December. Lovely and. I just love it. Well, I'll have to take you up on that for sure. And sure, I, might, I need it. Might even yes. get you doing a bit of fishing yourself then and get you interested. Anyway, hold on. Let's not uh, diverge too much from the subject matter. Can I ask you this? And I want to remind listeners again, Imaginers, your wonderful documentary, airs here tomorrow at 12 noon. This is personal to you. You've lived with migraine? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is personal. And actually, the funny thing is, I never really spoke about migraine. And I think that's probably the same with a lot of people, uh, even though I work in the area of brain health. And, and basically, a few years ago, I was just at a I, I would do consultancy work and be on, you know, global or international committees around various neurological conditions. And we were actually at one in Brussels, I think it was, or Switzerland, and talking about how we could make changes, you know, from a European perspective that would benefit people were living and uh, with migraine in the workplace or whatever. And someone said something and I just let it slip that I had, that I live with migraine, uh, chronic migraine myself. And, and should then before I knew it, I was being roped in to be doing all sorts of advocacy stuff. But I think it's, it's one of the things around something like migraine is, is you don't want to be perceived as, oh, I don't know that somehow it, 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 it impacts on, how good you will be at your job or, or you know, I, I think migraine is a funny one. And, and one of the reasons I made the documentary is, is one of my little bugbears is when people say they have a migraine and they have a tension headache or a hang, hangover. Like if anyone takes anything away from the documentary, if, if they do take the time to listen to it, is migraine is a complex neurological condition and Whilst headache is the most notorious um, symptom, it has many, many other symptoms and can be really quite debilitating. I had my migraine under control for relatively speaking. And my chronic migraine means that you have migraine more than 15 days a month. Um, 
I would have had migraine pretty much every day, but with a medication, I was sort of, they were bearable, you know, and mm. you just adapt and you get on and you do stuff. And actually I find you said to me, Oh, what other, you know, is there anything else she doesn't do? But that's my way of coping with it because if you lose yourself in the moment of your work and what you're doing, you distance yourself from the pain, you yes. know, like you really do. And, and so that's, part of one of the drivers for me but I got COVID in um, October and um, I have post-COVID migraine and my migraine has just gone into a yeah my meds are not working I've had injections in my brain actually and I'm waiting for a new med I'm waiting for approval from the HSE but I'm losing several days a month where um, I, I, I actually can't function I'm vomiting nausea uh, can't see properly uh, can't possibly even think let alone try and do my yes. job uh, brain fog as you know I've written written yeah. a book and I mean I literally sometimes I have to go to bed for four, three four days and for somebody like me that is oh it's just a killer like I cannot bear not to be doing stuff mm. but I literally can't function and and it is not just the headache you know it's it's like your vision can be disrupted an overall feeling of malaise as i said literally throwing up um and 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 loads more um knows more things but the documentary really isn't about me it just so happened that that i have a personal experience uh the documentary um it's i I want i didn't want to make you know i want to kind of make something that um was personal, not to me, but to just give a real insight. And we have three fabulous individuals who live with migraine who had never really spoken publicly about their migraine. And we kind of gave them, it was, we were making it over the course of lockdown. So we had to change what we were doing several times. I couldn't go and interview people. And Mm. so we kind of just got people to record their thoughts and, and they, they were very, very honest. And I think it gives a good broad, um, you know, perspective on what it's like to live with migraine and then we have I spoke to the wonderful Dr. Um, Edward O'Sullivan um, and uh, he really sort of takes us inside the migraine brain and explains uh, what is going on during a migraine attack but he also helps me as well to understand um, and I do sort of understand from a a neuroscience perspective but you know for me smell would be a trigger you know a lot of people you know bright lights or uh, things like that are trigger but for me smell is an instant trigger and I often think like I think I say it in the documentary you know um, certain smells it's like you you just get this hyper responding and and like I literally will have walk into a room and I go oh my god the smell oh my god I have a a migraine and my husband would he's only sure to say an Ackman overactor it really just couldn't be that fast Fast. Yeah. Like, you know, seriously, I mean, and it could yeah. be something like he's bought a different washing powder yes. and he's opened the washing machine and it is instant and it's so hard to understand. And I think it for for the like I feel for my husband, if I was standing in his shoes, I'd say, oh, I'd be saying the same thing. I'd be saying, for God's sake, surely it can't be that bad that fast. Mm. But it is. It's mm. it's. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so it, w- it will give people an insight uh, to uh people's experiences with this. You'll have the medical professional, Dr. Edward O'Sullivan, who's director of migraine uh, of the Migraine Clinic at Cork University Hospital, uh, giving us his tuppence worth and more besides. So people will, if you suffer from migraine and you're listening to us today uh, talking about this tomorrow, this will help you. Yeah, it'll help you understand. I think in understanding what's going on, it also help you not feel alone. Mm. I also am hoping people will start to talk more about it. And also, I mean, I really would love people... 
other people even just to listen to it because uh, you know appropriating migraine to explain away a headache or as you know to explain away a migraine or as an excuse I'd love people to think twice about that because really it minimizes the condition for people and I I think it sort of leads to a situation I think one of the people I speak to talks about feeling that she wasn't believed do you know that kind of way that uh, and I think if other I think part of that is to do, do with people saying they've migraine when they when they don't I mean I can't imagine people appropriating any other neurological condition to explain away a headache or, or as an excuse for not going to work. Nobody would say, oh, listen, I can't go, um, you know, I have multiple sclerosis. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes. And I mean, migraine is a neurological condition. And um, yeah, I mean, it would be fab um, if people tuned in. It's also, it's Brain Awareness Week this week. Um, and um, it's I'm, I'm so delighted that LMFM are actually airing uh, the documentary because, you know, the, the whole aim of Brain Awareness Week is to get people thinking about their brains and about mm. how they can keep it healthy and um, also, you know, how people with neurological conditions need supports. And that can be, that doesn't have to be medical supports. It can be support and understanding in the work, workplace um, could be very helpful. And we do talk about that uh, during the documentary yeah, There's as well. so much in it. I've listened to it through and I highly recommend it uh, to our listeners. 12 o'clock tomorrow between 12 and 1 here on LMFM. When you were speaking about your symptoms and what you experienced, I've lived with someone for years who've who's had to deal with that. My wife went through the horrors with it. I mean, like you said there, knocked out for a day, having to go to bed, vision impaired. She doesn't know, thank God. It's it's moved on and, and, and it's great. But by God, it is so debilitating, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And, and, and I suppose, you know, it, it's kind of it is hidden away because when you have it, you 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 can't do anything but mm. just go away. Mm. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You do. You do go into that darkened room and it is more complex. And, and, and I think one interesting thing as well, to, to someone else actually listened to it recently who has migraine and she actually in listening to it realized that she had thought she gets migraine once a month and she knows exactly and she gets it on one side of the head. But she said in listening to the documentary, she realized that actually at other times in the month when she doesn't feel well, when she has what she's realized now is these are also migraine symptoms. She just hadn't connected them because at those times she doesn't actually have a headache. So that's an important thing. Like you can have migraine without a headache. You know, you can have all of the other symptoms. And yes. for her, she said that was just really eye opening because she couldn't understand. You know, she just didn't know why she felt unwell at other times. Yeah. But now she knows it's all related to her, that it is part of her migraine. Well, you know something, uh, I'm going to leave it there for today. I'll be back to you because we know where you are now and we can connect on Zoom and you're on my radar for sure, but I just want to... Oh, and you definitely have to come and fish and show me how to do it. (laughs) I promise, I promise. Anyway, Imaginers goes out tomorrow here on LMFM Radio at midday, produced by Sabina Brennan, edited by Emily Burke and the assistant producer, the wonderful Angela Mazzetti. Uh, Don't miss it tomorrow afternoon. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Sabina. Bye. The wonderful Dr. Sabina Brennan there. Men at work.
down under. I'd say there's feck all men at work this week who follow the GGs. They're watching Cheltenham, to be honest with you. Anyway, another giveaway for you. How would you go to like to go and see the showband show? We were talking to Ronan Collins on the show here on Monday. It's at the TLT on Saturday week. Ronan, Linda Martin, Red Hurley and many, many more. Here's the question for the pair of tickets. Who is the younger, Red Hurley or Linda Martin? Who is the younger, Red or Linda? 086-1800-658 for the tickets to that wonderful show. Well, Louise, will you be sporting the green tomorrow? Do you wear the shamrock? No, we were just talking that earlier. I haven't seen shamrock in years. I remember my father, God rest him, he'd go to Mass every St. Patrick's Day with the shamrock on and a rake of it in, in his pocket with spare pins and it all be passed around to the men standing at the back row of the church. Yeah, it was a huge tradition and we had uh, David wondering where he'd get it. There's another place. Liz Liz has a fruit shop on Main Street in Kingscourt and she's beautiful shamrock if you want to check her out. It was a huge thing, wasn't it? The, mm. the fresh shamrock. You had to get the fresh shamrock and big bunch of it on your lapel as well. I think it is a thing that has waned. And the badges. The badges? Do you see any badges on Mrs. Brown, the badges. <laughs> 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 Remember the Paddy's the Paddy's Day badges, yeah. The Paddy's Day. There's a fly, an artificial fly for fishing called the Paddy's Day badge, and it it had a great run at one stage. It's green. Is it a ribbon on the end? It's green, white, and gold. (laughs) (laughs) And the trout used to go mad for it. I remember that as well. No tractors attached. (laughs) Yeah, the badges. I know all the schools today. Yours, they went in uh, to the uh, creches and play Mm, schools and and the little east to all their classes wearing green, looking lovely with the things in their hair and everything. It's a great effort made for it, isn't mm. there? There is. Green ribbons and everything. Yeah, and the parades are happening all round tomorrow as well. They're back and you can go and watch them as well. There'll hardly be as many trucks or tractors with the price of diesel, will there? <laughs> but they should You'd get the red They get the red stuff, don't they? That's cheaper. <laughs> and they're still giving out about bit. it. They're still giving out about it. Anyway, make sure and uh, support your local parade. It's be a lovely day tomorrow. That's the thing about it. A lovely day. Lovely the few days. Yeah, for, uh, for, for the break, for the double bank holiday and beyond. It's great, isn't it? It really is great. Anyway, good luck to everybody with the parades. They're back in force tomorrow. And we're back after news, weather and sport after three with my soundtrack from Calamity Jane. And we're going to hear about a record attempt, a motorbike record attempt in Kells. I don't know whether you know the name Nazanin Zahari Ratcliffe and her story. It's good news today and I bring you a good news story. She's an Iranian who married a man from the UK and and lives in London. Uh, She went on a visit to her family to Iran six, seven years ago and she was stopped at the airport on the way back and I think it was accused of spying or whatever. Anyway, her daughter came home on her own to her dad and there's been a campaign ongoing for six years now. Well, she's been released today along with another person who's been in jail over there and she's on her way back to the UK on a flight and it's simply wonderful news I followed this case it's been shocking really and uh, she's out now and she will have some story to tell I'm sure her daughter and her husband can't wait to meet her at the airport it's a good news story on this dark day with war still raging in the Ukraine Calamity Jane is my soundtrack this week short week and today I'm rounding off my feature on the movie and stage show with my favourite song from the movie by the one and only Doris Day and like 
I wanted to mention Doris in particular today. She was the biggest female movie star of the 50s and 60s, appearing in a string of hit films. She was a wonderful singer too, with the sweetest voice. And a fervent campaigner, you may not have known this, for animal welfare, devoting time and money to a cause really close to her heart. She really loved her dogs. She was married four times and had one son, his name's Terry, to her first husband, who was uh, a man called Al Jordan. She lived a long life and died at the age of 97 in May 2019. She requested no grave, memorial or funeral service, having lived her life as a Christian scientist. And here she is, Doris Day, with my favourite song from Calamity. Take me back to the Black Hills The Black Hills of Dakota To the beautiful Indian country That I love Lost my heart in the Black Hills The Black Hills of Dakota where the pines are so high that they kiss the sky above I love Ah, simply, simply beautiful, timeless classic that song is The Black Hills of Dakota from my featured soundtrack from the movie Yes, Calamity Jane this week on Your Late Lunch. And I'll be picking another movie or musical to feature next week when we're back here on Monday after the long break, the two bank holidays and the weekend. Tommy's been on to us from Italy. Lovely to hear from you, Tommy. A happy St. Patrick's Day to you and all Irish expats all over the world. Enjoy the day tomorrow. It is a day to celebrate our Irishness and no matter what you say about this country and I give out yards about it at times and things get under my skin and I said it before here when you see what's going on with uh, a dictator in Russia and what he's trying to do we're a little island off the coast of Europe and you know what it's a great little country to live in despite everything it really is and we should appreciate it and love it and do the very best we can we're privileged to live in Ireland and it is our big day tomorrow let's celebrate final break of the day on late lunch and uh, motorbikes well they're back they've had a tough couple of years as well there's not been a lot going on but they're trying to set a new record in Kells over the uh, holiday and we're going to hear about it from Dermot Corcoran next there's something stirring in Kells for sure and to tell me more Secretary of Kells Road Club Dermot Corcoran is on the line hello Dermot Hi, Jerry, how are you? I'm really good. You want to set a record. Tell us the story. Yeah, so we obviously had a big break there with uh, COVID. We all lost two years. So um, we had to come up with a fundraiser again for insurance. Our insurance this year is €25,000. Mm. So we had to come up. Back in 2019, we raffled off uh, a motorbike. But <clears throat> a lot of the big companies now have the raffles kind of sewn up. So this year, one of the club members, Henry Vahey, came up with this idea to do Ireland's biggest ride out. So it's basically to have the most motorbikes in procession at once. There's, we went digging and digging and digging and we couldn't find as an actual Irish record set. So we're going to try and set a record. Something kind of like what they did in Cooley at the time with all the tractors. Yes. To get the most tractors working on one field. This is what we're going to get for uh, Ireland's biggest ride out. So the most bikes in procession at once is what we're going for. 
Do you have any idea or did you find out anything? Was there anything anywhere in the past, numbers-wise, or where it happened? Uh, there was a few things. There was a thing, I believe, down in Mullingar on uh, the Joe Dolan Bridge that was done. They got a couple of hundred of that, I think. But there's nothing mm. really... There's nothing really uh, that's been, you know, set that this is a record and this is how many we had on the day. Yeah. So all the bikes are going to be checked, they're going to be clicked. I've ordered, I have, I picked up 3,000 stickers yesterday, so hopefully I'm going to use every single one mm-hmm. and more maybe. My, that so, would be something else, 3,000. Yeah, so it'd be, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be remarkable. It'd be a nice way, yeah. 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 When is it on? When is it happening? Where is it happening? How it's do happening. bikers get involved? <clears throat> So this has actually kind of grown legs uh, uh, for us, which is fantastic. It's turning into hopefully Ireland's biker, uh, Ireland's biggest biker day out. So we've people coming from all over the country. We have a few people coming from the UK as well. So um, it's happening on this Sunday, the 20th of March. We're going to leave uh, the Park Refilling Station in Kells there, mm. just on the Cavan Road. Yep. Uh, thanks very much to them. They're going to host us. So we're leaving there at 1pm sharp. And, you know, for somebody listening today who this has twigged something with, can they just arrive in Kells on Sunday? That's all you have to do on Sunday is just arrive in Kells on Sunday. Now, we do have an I Donate page for people uh, who want to have all the money sorted before they arrive. But that's it. They can arrive at Kells. Parkery is open from 6 or 7 a.m. tomorrow for breakfast and bits and pieces of that. So they can arrive there. And from 10 o'clock on, we're going to start putting people in position. So we have all the bikes set in a nice position, ready to go. And then at 1pm sharp, we're going to uh, leave Parkery and it's a lap at the time. It's not a long run because there's so many bikes in procession. Mm. Uh, we couldn't have a long run. We have the bike, the motorbike, uh, the bike safe, the, the bike safe team from um, and Garda Sheikhan are going to be down as well with us too. Yeah. So we'd like to thank the guards for getting involved with us on that side as well. So the, the local guard have been fantastic in organising this. It's not an easy thing to go to sit down with the guards and say, looking at you going, what are you going to try and do on bank holiday weekend on us? So, yes. But then for us to get on board was absolutely fantastic. Was ah, well done to them and, and it's great yeah, they're supporting yeah. you. Will you all move off in unison? Is that the idea that you get everybody? That's the idea. Yeah. So we'll have all the bikes so everyone who arrives in, you pay your 10 euro, it's a small uh, 10 euro donation we're asking, you pay your 10 euro, you get a sticker, we'll put your sticker on the bike, you'll be counted and then what we're going to do is, so we'll mark when the first bike leave and the last bike leave that we'll have everyone in procession together and that hopefully now we're going to try and do this as an annual event <clears throat> because it's turned out to people coming on their own you people coming in groups of 50s and hundreds and stuff so it's a chance as well Jerry it's been a really really tough year for a lot of people or tough two years for a lot of people and it's um, it's given people something to focus on and it's given people a chance to get together again Yeah, I think we're all kind of craving this to get back together and mm. as bikers we love you know going off or spin on a Sunday on our bikes Clearing, clearing the heads, meeting friends, meeting old friends, making new friends as well, and just having a cup of tea and a chat and seeing how we're all getting on. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's going to be a nice admiring each other's yeah, admiring each other's machines and well, looking at the sheen about. on yeah, your leathers yeah, and yeah. walking around cockahoop. I know what I've seen this happen yeah. before in the past, and you know you're you're right when you say it seriously, Dermot. It's been quiet the two years, and and it goes without saying there are men and women who just live for this, and this has been a big loss in their lives. It has. It's been a huge loss, and I don't think people realise the impact it actually has had. Like I, I used to go to a lot of these events as well, and um, we work closely with uh, our good friends in and shed for bikers there down in Ratangan. And for some people, Jerry, it's been their only outlet was getting on the bike on a Sunday and having somewhere to go, you know, to chat mm. to people. And 
it does look it does circle around back again to isolation and the whole thing we've had now with COVID and people isolated their mental health so this is it's great to see people coming back out and people excited to see it back as well like yeah so the message is just show up on Sunday you can't pre-book or anything like that no just arrive no, just arrive on Sunday. We'll take we'll take um, we'll take the, your registration fee on on Sunday as well, and we'll have I think Prince Insurance, a good friend of Prince Insurance, are coming down. Our title sponsor, CC Unlimited Kells, uh, the motorbike shop there in Kells, who've just been fantastic. They're our title sponsor in 2019 and this year again. They come on board. The guys are going to be down there as well. Um, so I'd like to thank we we can't thank Christy and John and. Uh, Tony, Tony Freeland there as well. Unfortunately, Tony's gone back to Scotland as well, so it's a sad day to report mm. as well. So Tony's mm. leaving as well. Without the support of, and again, it goes back to again, local businesses, without the support of all our local businesses and all our sponsors and all the people in the town and across the Keel as well, we wouldn't be able to do this. Yes, and yes. I think as well, I think you see, you've probably you've probably discussed it a few times about, you know, um, uh, a lot of the St. Patrick's Day parades have been cancelled due to insurance and stuff. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard that, you know. So this is what we're trying to do as well. We don't want to be another casualty of insurance. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't whether it? You, it is. It is. It's a lot of money. It's twenty five. It's twenty. It's twenty five thousand euro. Whether you love or hate bikes, you know, it's still it's still another thing that could suffer mm. as well because of uh, because of insurance prices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd be out of the question whether to arrive in a Honda Fifty. Honda 50 is a more than welcome. Once you have two wheels, three wheels and a motor, Jerry, you'll be more than welcome. I have a cup of tea waiting for you. You're more than welcome. Ah, uh, the old Honda 50. God, I remember hopping yeah. on it when I was in Nipper years ago and sure, I thought I was, I don't know what I thought I was, but uh, anyway, they're fantastic machines and as well, you look, say... Well, Jerry, I'm sure now if you want to come down, we can arrange a Honda 50 for you and you can lead off the recession. <laughs> the trusty steed. You can't beat it. It's been the bulwark of, of Ireland and many nations for years. But there you are, and that's a, a everybody welcome on two wheels to come along. Yeah, and, and as well, get out, get out, people more than welcome come out around the town and see it. It's going to make a lot of noise and a lot of smoke, and it'll be lovely. It'll be something nice to see. It's not something you're going to see every day. And like you said, it's all about having a look at the bikes. And yeah. Yeah, and seeing what everybody else has and what's there and getting together and enjoying the company oh, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday, Park Re and uh, Michal McKeown and the people there are very accommodating as well at Park Re. Yeah, One yeah, o'clock. I'd like to thank as well to Damien and yeah. as well. He's the manager there too. Yes. One o'clock on Sunday, the biggest biker day out ever in Ireland. I wish you well. I hope Lovely. you dole out Thanks all those 3,000 stickers and you run out of them. Thank you for joining me on the show, Dermot. Thanks, Jerry. Really appreciate it. Not Thank at you. all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Dermot Corcoran there, Secretary of the Kells Road Club. That is going to be a sight to behold on Sunday for sure. Anyway, that's it for the week. Imagine I'm saying that on the Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday club tonight. Looking forward to it. And no work tomorrow. God, that rarely, what's rare is wonderful for sure. Anyway, hope you have a lovely holiday. As I said earlier, the weather is beautiful. But as I leave you this week, I say one thing. Please, God, end the war in Ukraine. End the war. Stop the fighting. Take the planes from the skies. May the guns go silent. It must happen sooner rather than later. That's my one thought leaving you today. I pray for it soon. And think of the people in Ukraine as we head into our national holiday. Thank you for joining us every day. We love your company. Thanks to all our guests who are with us this week. I'm sure I couldn't do this without the woman herself, Louise Walsh. Thanks a million, my producer. I hope you have a great holiday and do come back and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch from Monday next. We have a stellar lineup. 
in the can already through the days next week. Eddie Caffrey is coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. And don't forget that documentary tomorrow at 12 noon, Imaginers, by the brilliant Dr Sabrina Brennan. See you Monday. Have a nice time off. Take care of yourselves. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drawdad and Dogan Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.